Sedona Show here on ESPN LA. We um we aired today because the NBA Awards show is in Santa Monica. We should have sent like an intern or something out there just to like yeah. put a phone in people's ear. Yeah. Right? Get we sound. We should have done that. No, for sure. We should have absolutely done that. Clint Yates, Kirk Morrison hanging out with us here. What up? And uh, we're be- we're going to be joined in studio here in Ooh, just a second a by John Bones Jones yeah. and Holly Holm, who oh. will be hanging out. Uh, oh, most yeah, importantly, the there's a belt in this oh. room now. Oh. Let us be clear. What's going on, man? How you doing? <laughs> Kirk, did you play against his brother, or were you, are you out of the yes, league already? Yes, I've played against Chandler and Arthur. Oh, okay. Yes. The only, uh, I guess, history. Oh, Holly, how are you? How are you? What up? John, how are you? I, I'm plugged in. So I got sorry. the belt right now. Nice to meet you. Dude, how heavy is that belt? Hey, it got some weight on it, man. That joint is big. I've never seen a, I've never seen like a real that thing is title is belt a large belt in in my in my actual hey, life. What's up? I've seen all the fake belts. I've seen the ones you can buy, but. John, I won't, I won't Why judge are you. Why posing like you? John, you I won't judge you. I won't judge you on your company that you keep over there with Abraham. So, just, oh, Abraham Kawa, that's yeah. the man. Dude. I go way back with that's, him and his brother. That's so. my Habibi. <laughs> I go way back with them. Um, welcome to Los Angeles, both of you. Thank you for having us. Good to have you guys here. Uh, UFC 239, July 6th on pay per view. Uh, you guys are both in your separate main events, co-main events. Um, John, let me start with you. We had just had Dana in here, and you know. Dana and your relationship goes way back. Oh, yeah. And we asked him, like, you know, what it's been like to have you back in the fold. And he's like, it's awesome because he's the greatest there is. But uh, I'm, I'm paraphrasing now. He basically said that you being gone was a big pain in his butt for a long time. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, I guess that's nice to yeah. hear. Right. I guess yeah. that's as endearing as Dana gets with anyone, right? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, it feels good to be back. Uh, I've missed it tremendously. And uh, it's the reason why I'm fighting so often now. You know, my fans were so loyal in my absence. You know, people were just writing me, hey, Jim, can't wait to see you come back. You're always champion to me, things like that. And uh, and now I'm back, and I just want to uh, give them a lot of fights, a lot of material, uh, so they can say, hey, I told you so, you know, and be that guy they support it for a reason. So it's good to be back in the UFC. It's good to be back with, in good graces with Dana White. It's good to hear, man. If I may, how does that change your... You know, just your day-to-day schedule. I mean, fighting this much now, what does that mean in terms of the actual difference in your life? No, nah, it keeps me a lot more active. It keeps me uh, out of trouble. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> just, uh, just constantly training. You know, uh, this will be my third fight in less than a year. And uh, I, I feel like I, I live in the gym these days. And it, it feels really good. The, the team is uh, holding me up strong. And, and uh, yeah, it's an exciting time. Nice. I'm always, look, you're a champion, you're a former champion as well, but think about this, Holly. Not former champion, look, Holly's a champion. She, she's through, always a champion. Through and through. through. Hey, I know that. But you got to understand that when you put this belt on or when you win this belt, what's the first thing that goes through your mind? Do you want to answer? Mm-hmm. <sighs> um, you know what? Victory is the first feeling for me. It's not necessarily the belt that I'm fighting for. I mean, it's it gives extra motivation because when you have the belt, that means you're, you are – number one and that's you know you want victories to even get there you have to get a lot of victories even to get the chance to to get the belt so yes there is an extra feeling with the belt but it does it for belt or no belt the the feeling of victory is just there's no way to explain it and so i really try not to because there is no way to explain how it feels to win a fight it doesn't there's nothing about it but to be able to win to be the champ is because you've already beat everybody that means that you you know you're there for a reason and so yeah there's probably a little bit more on it to hold that it's but it's a feeling that's really not really uh, easily explainable the win in itself is everything mm-hmm. belt's just a cherry on top yeah. yeah 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 i would imagine it's crazy holly for you um like 
if you could take us back, I know this was a while ago, but just for your fans, right? Like, not everyone hears all the different interviews you guys do. Like, when you won, when you beat Ronda, like, how did your life change that day? You know, I mean, in in my heart, just the the thrill of the victory and things like that. But it was also a pride that I uh, had for a lot of people that believed me to get there. Um, yeah, I remember being a lot, maybe people have heard this before, I think I've told the story before, but my dad and I, when I was like 18, uh, we were ha- it was kind of an emotional time, we were dealing with some stuff, but I, uh, we were having a lunch, and he told me, Holly, I don't know what it is going to be, but you're going to do something in this world that the entire world's going to know. You're going to make an impact on the entire world, and, and they're going to know about you, and I just know it. it's destiny. And then uh, kind of through, there's, there's only been like two other times uh, through my career, and then uh, when it came uh, to my fight with Ronda, a lot of people, when they heard that I was fighting her, were like, oh, so you're, like, excited about So you, you like, want that, right? <laughs> it's like, that means they're like, whoa, you know, they were deep down. For you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I want it. But my, my dad, as soon as I called him, I said, I got my next fight. And he goes, oh, okay, tell me who it is. I'm going to look her up. I said, my next fight's going to be Ronda. And he goes, destiny, baby, I'm telling you. Not even the, like, oh, okay, yeah. you know, like, not even a... Not even a doubt at all, and so, and that's just one situation. But and when the fight was over, you know, my dad. A lot of people. There's a picture of my dad and I hugging. It's the only time he's actually ever been in the octagon uh, with me. There's a picture of that, but people don't know that. Actually, I didn't know he was coming in, but I look back. I saw him coming through the, the door of the, oh, wow. the octagon, and he goes, "It's destiny, baby." I'm like, yeah! <laughs> that's awesome. And so it's a moment he and I had that nobody caught on a camera. That as many cameras were around at that time, nobody caught that because it was just our thing. But yeah. uh, that's just one one example. But there's the the belief that he had, that my friends had, that my team had, that my coaches had. Because coaches like, "Holly, you can beat her." When everybody else is like, oh, "What are you thinking?" You know. So. Uh, the win for me, yes, was huge, but uh, it also was something that I carried with pride to uh, show other people that they believed in me for a reason. So, if I may ask, where I mean, where are you at now in terms of your goals as a fighter and as a human in terms of what you're doing? You know, you're champion. You've obviously had a huge moment in front of the globe, but what's uh, not what's next? But what's now? And how do you, you know, what uh, happens to from win, here? Having... To never lose again, to keep winning. <laughs> but in your sport, until that's I almost... feel like I don't want to do yeah. it anymore. But that's not anytime soon, and yeah. that's right. what I want to do. Yeah. In your sport, though, that's just so hard, right? Like. It, Everyone loses at some point, right? Like, even John, right? Like, you've had that controversial loss, but everyone well, has that. on, but that's yeah. not... It's controversial. It's actually lose to someone that yeah. wasn't like a loss. To right? Someone. No, no, I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah. But in your sport, it, it's almost almost virtually impossible. Like that, yeah, people go undefeated. There's, there's, there's just so task. there's so many different uh, aspects to to the game where you know where it's hard to have you know no holes in your game and. and uh, if you stay stay on the sport long enough, you know we all we all taste defeat one way or another, whether it's in life or in the octagon. Um, but you know it's about how you come back from these things. You yeah. know what I mean? And, yeah. Um, I'm super excited for Holly and her fight, dude, because uh, she she finds herself faced with one of these challenges that was a lot like the Ronda Rousey situation mm-hmm. at yeah. the moment. The girl is like, so invincible and so respected, and most mm-hmm. girls are so afraid of her. And I, I just keep telling Holly, Holly, and not that I need to tell her because she knows. Um, but if anyone was to beat a tall task like an Amanda Nunes, it's her. It's her. She's the girl who beat Ronda when, when no one thought it was possible. I mean, Ronda was beating girls in eight seconds and 12-second fights and starting to knock girls out with punches. And, and Holly uh, beat Ronda right in the midst of her absolute dominance. And so I'm really excited for, for my sister here to, to just go and shock the world again. 
it won't be a shock to her teammates, right? But to the world, right. it'll be yeah. another shock. You know, John, to hear you talk right now, just the the, the calmness that you speak with, uh, mm-hmm. the maturity I think that you speak with now. Um, what did you feel you you took for granted in your time away, and now coming back and kind of re, re, uh, regaining the the, uh, the title? I think the main thing I the, the main thing I took for granted was how special of a job. I have we have as as elite martial arts fighters and just being a professional athlete is such a is such an honor and a privilege uh, to to be an example to other people's children and to be in the forefront. Um, it's an honor and a privilege, and I just I took the whole thing for granted. You know, just having way too much fun in, in life. And when I lost my job for so long, I realized, man, John, there's not many things you can do. You make a million dollars in in twenty five minutes. You know, there's not many jobs you're gonna find like this, and uh, and you're pissing it all away. You know, so um, I made a promise to myself that when I got back to work, um, I would try to be the best uh, employee that I could be. Um, try to you know get my personal life under wraps and and get out there and fight. You know, while while I have the uh, you know the physical and the mental to do it. And and that's what I'm trying to do is just make up for all the lost time and, and be the champion that um that that I'm capable of being. All right, you guys can stick around for another segment. I want to talk about kind of what you both have in your future here coming up here uh-huh. on July 6th. You guys got UFC 239. Uh, all right, John Bones Jones, Holly Holm hanging out with us in the studio. We're back in three minutes. Sedona Show here on ESPN LA. Holly Holm, John Bones Jones in studio with us. Clinton Yates, Kirk Morrison, our guest co-host today. UFC 239, Jones and Santos, Tiago Santos, and then Amanda Nunes and Holly Holm on July 6th, the co-main events. Um, John, I want to start with you here this segment because I feel like in your return, everyone is trying to take swipes at you within your community. Um, ben Askren, these welterweights, Ben Askren yeah. taking shots at you, uh, Colby Covington, who you were uh, roommates with, I think, in college, uh-huh. but, like taking swipes. Why is everyone in the welterweight division taking a swipe at you right now? It, you know, it, there's something about calling out a guy that's bigger than you. You know what I mean? It, <laughs> it just makes you look cool. You know? and, and that's what they're doing. And it works, man, because their followers go up and people right. believe half the stories they, they, they tell. Yeah. And it just, it just makes Makes them look badass if I can say that. Well, because yeah. Colby's saying that he used to basically take care of business with you when I you were know. in college. It's so crazy. So everything that this guy says is an absolute lie. He, you know, he started off by saying we were roommates for two years, and in fact, we were only roommates for one semester. Right. He talks about <laughs> these these parties where we would beat up people together. Never happened. Back to back? <laughs> yeah. Double dragon? Right, yeah, exactly. Right. That's what I'm thinking, like a video game or something. He, he, talked about, uh, he talked about beating the crap out of me throughout wrestling practice in college. Never happened. But, you know, I just I just let it happen because I know the more I talk about him, the bigger of a following he gets. Right. So I, I gave it to him. It's like, dude, whatever. Whatever, guys. It's, it's just funny. It's the, way's, it's the boy's way of being uh, relevant, staying relevant. Yeah. And, and Holly, for you, I mean, John talked about it, about your next challenge with Amanda Nunes and... And he believes in you, and you believe in you. But what does Amanda bring to the table that you've had to maybe prepare differently for? Well, she's a different fighter, so she's a whole different, you know, a whole different game plan for that. But I'm also uh, a different fighter myself than I was three and a half years ago. I mean, I've learned a lot. Right. I, I started in May, very late. I mean, I didn't really. I had my first grappling classes. I was training for my first MMA fight at age 29, you know. Yeah, because so you have a kickboxing I, background. Right. Right. So, but the amount that I've learned even over the last year is completely different. So, and the game that I have with her is going to be completely different than any of my other fights. I don't compare any of them. Uh, I'll tell you what I think makes her the toughest opponent 
opponent right now is that she's on a long win streak. She's coming off of a huge win over Cyborg, and so she's feeling unbeatable. That is what makes somebody uh, mental to me is always more than she's got all of her skill set. The reason why she's on a winning streak and the reason why she's done this is because, yeah, she's got her skill set. She's got the belief in herself. But then after that, it kind of gives you even more of a sense of, like, confidence. And so that makes her a tough opponent, but that doesn't mean that she's um, – unbeatable and you got to be careful with all that confidence Amanda's walking into this mm-hmm. with I mean you can find yourself being overconfident too. Yep. I don't think most people don't know how hard Holly Holmes trains mm-hmm. yeah she's a hard working person she's seriously the hardest working person on the team I, I train about tw- twice a day I train three times a day this young lady trains four times a day every single day and uh, she has the faith and the work ethic to back it up so John trains hard we excited and sometimes his, this guy don't let him downplay too much he goes in for mitt work like round six, round seven. <laughs> I'm do. like, I only did five. Nope. <laughs> Bang. Got you had to dump, dump that one. It's all good. We got you. Uh, Holly Holmes. Yeah. Preacher starter. Are you <laughs> swearing? Yeah, it's okay. You're over here it's cursing. Okay. The people on the podcast. This is another word for I, I, poop. I, I know. It is. It is another word for poop. <laughs> Unfortunately, the FCC controls us, so but on the podcast, edgy. everyone will hear that. Yeah. It's all good. It's all good. Uh, one of the big things, too, I, I, I would never experience this, but you guys – if you get to round five, like, t- can you take me through a round five in a in a in a in a fight? Because mm. you've already went through four rounds, and you know that you may have to knock someone out, or you may have to go through it, and you may not have much left. Just describe a round five for both of you guys. Round five for me is like um, it's the round I believe in the most. I believe that that's that's the round where um, I feel like a champion should show himself. Right. Mm-hmm. So, say a fight is extremely close. I had a really close fight with Alexander Gustafson. Um, something in my spirit, like standing up for round five, was like, okay, John, if, if you believe that that this championship is yours, this is where extra comes out of you. This is where you know those extra reserves come out of you. Uh, this is where you go that extra mile and, and have that little extra oomph. Uh, so, round five, round four, and five are the championship rounds, and those are the two rounds I have the most pride in. Just. Uh, just to be able to push it a little bit harder than my opponent. So. You mentioned that you know making it back has been really important to you in terms yeah. of just fighting, in terms of your lifestyle. But I guess this is sort of a similar question that I asked. Holly, like, what? Well, I mean, what, what's next? I mean, Dana came in here and said you were the guy, right. and getting back to the guy status is not that easy. You know, right. where how do you foresee this beyond just win, win, win? As Holly right. said, you know what I mean. In terms of the next steps for Bones Jones, I like. I feel like for me, like. Um, because my my the majority of my career has has been a really good one, um, and then I, I've had some years of just so much controversy and just so much crap. I'll say <laughs> connected to me. I feel like for me, um, a bigger legacy move for me than winning is just con- just trying to be a really good person. You know, figuring out ways to give back to my community, give back to the world, um, and being some type of an example and some type of light. Um, for the world, I feel like that—that is—that'll be my defining moves. You know, like winning is cool and all, but it's like how how are you affecting people around you, right? Like, what are you giving back to the world? So, I think that's one of my main goals is is not only to continue winning, but, but that's not everything. Just win in life and be a, be a better person. That's what's next for me. That's that's my intention, um, and uh, and I believe that's what I'll do. Nice. Um, I feel like uh, a couple of things too. I'm just speaking for myself. <laughs> um, like a lot of people, I, I know there's like a lot of questions like that, like, oh, John, your past and all this stuff. But it, um, I think one thing that um, why people say, I don't think I know, 
they're always backing up because they number one he is the best like he's done it he's proven it and number two you get around him and people see the real person he is and he's real he doesn't put himself above people he's always like presentable he's he's approachable he's always like um he he's always real with people and so people see that and to me that's that that's also what makes it more than just the wins is that that people feel like he relates to people and then they feel like wow like that alone is like being a champion is to be able to relate with people like that and um he, you know he, he walks by anybody in there um he sees them as somebody important as well they're another person in this world um he's been in the gym and he's got the belt how many times you know but he still walks in the gym and still tries to help other people rather than walking in seeing what people can do for him so i think that that's a big thing it's not just victories in, in there it's that hmm. uh he's got through whatever past present future um i feel like that's one thing that he's he's always had is being able to be um really relatable to people and um people people adore that about john Holly Holm, John Bone Jones with us here. Uh, We have a moment here. That's great. We were cussing and now we're hugging. It's great. You Uh, got a friend in me. Are you still cleaning the mats? I do do that, yeah, but we all do that. Yeah, we all do that. You can give some sage advice, though. I saw recently some of the young guys about just agenting and dealing with agents about taking too much of your money. I thought that was really smart. I'm sure that you guys in your profession at some point or another have been in one of those weird situations where you've seen either either you've been taken advantage of quote unquote or someone else you know has in, yeah. in some of those cases yeah i've been really lucky to, to be with the first round management yeah with, my with guy's with over there abraham kawa yeah he's, he's like one of the best in the business and uh denise white just being surrounded by just solid people um but a lot of fighters aren't you know there's there's a lot of fighters out there who who make maybe you know five thousand dollars to fight, and uh, and then they got managers that are taking twenty five percent, right? And then you you ask this guy, well, what does your manager do for you? And it's like, well, he he found me the fight. And I'm like, well, but you're the ones going in there taking concussions and and doing all this type of stuff, you know? Um, so yeah, I think it's sad. I think it's sad. Uh, you know, my brothers they pay their managers you know two percent, you know, in the NFL, right? In the yeah. NFL, yeah. you know, and, and you got MMA fighters paying their manager twenty five percent. You know, you pay you pay the state of California what nine? I was going to say that's more than yeah. Uncle Sam. By yeah, a lot. yeah, exactly. And it's just it's just not right. You know, yeah. I, I'm sick of watching fighters leave the sport with nothing. Yeah. Um. So I just felt like that was just a small way for me to give back and let these guys know. You know, if you're going to pay your manager 25%, make sure he's out there changing your life, changing your image, changing your business opportunities, you know. Uh, You know, my management team, these guys do so much for me outside of just help me navigate through a UFC contract. These guys are helping me buy and sell my home. They... They have they have their hand in almost every aspect of my life, and and, and that's when you feel good paying a guy uh, a big salary. But some of these MMA managers aren't really doing shit crap for these darn it. <laughs> I got it. Don't that's worry, two we're kiddos. Oh, now you're both even. <laughs> Three strikes, you're out of here. Yeah. Both preachers. <laughs> both preachers' kids too. <laughs> you're both even. It's all good. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. I, I would I would agree with that. All right, yeah. before we let you go, uh, Jones Santos, Nunes Holmes. Um, Two quick ones on the way out for you, John. Um, tell us about your fight with Tiago and what you expect um, from him, from maybe people that aren't as familiar. And we need to ask you the obligatory Daniel Cormier oh, question at, at the end. Uh, almost got out. <laughs> almost, uh, so those things, if you can, before we go. So on July 6th, I'm fighting a guy named Tiago Mohanta uh, uh, Santos. He's from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Um, he's from the favelas. It's one of the toughest areas to grow up in Brazil. He was in the Brazilian military. 
um, pretty honorable dude. He has a he, he has his own like boys and girls club company uh, that he gives back and teaches martial arts for free. And, and one of the roughest areas in Brazil, he's a man that I respect tremendously. Um, right now, he's uh, he's just my enemy, you know, because uh, because he wants to take away everything that I've been earning over the last 10 years uh he has knockout power in both hands he's a black belt in muay thai he's a black belt in brazilian jiu-jitsu and he's he's just a really game opponent i think a lot of people are expecting him to do well and uh that's what makes the sport so much fun is when you're fighting the scariest dudes on planet earth i mean it's the heart that makes it great and that's why I, i love my job i get to test myself against the baddest men on the planet and he's unquestionably one of the toughest guys i've fought in a very long time uh I'm expecting them to dominate him, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if I ended up at the hospital with him um, because he's that capable. It's going to be a really good fight. Hmm. And Cormier? He don't want this smoke. <laughs> he don't want this smoke. There you go. I don't make that man cry twice. <laughs> okay. I'm going to leave it at that. There it is. John Bones Jones, Holly Holm. Again, UFC 239, July 6th on pay-per-view. Uh, Jones Santos, Nunes, Holm. Thank you guys for stopping by. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you all. Thanks for having us. Uh, that was fun, guys. You got it. All right, coming up next, uh, the latest Laker rumor when it comes to free agency. We'll tell you who it is. It's a familiar face. That's next.